It's time to dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reeson. Welcome to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and today I have a super exciting show for you. I know I say that a lot, but I'm really excited about today's show. The topic is three ways to be seen as a trusted advisor. Now, the coolest thing about being seen as a trusted advisor is that people come to you when they have questions, when they really aren't sure what to do, when they don't really know who to talk to, you're the one they come to. Now, this could be a role that you hold just because you're in a business and you have employees and they need somebody to talk to. I'm not talking about you're the complaint department. That's not the case. I'm talking about they say, gosh, I really get to sort through whatever this challenge is. And I get to go to somebody that I know can be open, honest, judgment free, that can really support me and not not think about what they would do, but what about I might do? And it's very hard to find those people. Oftentimes we think, oh, maybe our parents could be those people. And for some people, their parents are those people. But that's few and far between because the skills that it really requires to be an, an, an advisor, a trusted advisor, is not one that's really taught in school. It's not one that's taught, there's no program that you can go through and all of a sudden you're you're an advisor. So when you think about parenting, well, if we all, I'll make the statement, we all know how babies are made, but I guess if you don't, that's a, we're not gonna cover that in today's show, but the actual requirements to have a child do not say that you go through this advisor course and now all of a sudden you're a parent, at university, we don't go through advice. There's no advising degree. Psychology, my gosh, even therapists fail at this sometimes. Even therapists fail at this. And so when you think about what it really takes to be an advisor, it's not something that you really can learn in a formal program. But here's the thing. What we're going to cover today is what it actually means to be an advisor. What are the skills and the traits that an advisor has? Because you can learn those, you can practice those. And then when you when you really be those traits, when you use them, what you'll find is that people will come to you with their challenges and their thoughts. Now, whether you want this like me to be your profession, where I am an advisor, that is my role, that is how I get compensated, or whether it's something that just makes you really great at what you do in your current role. Maybe you're a leader or manager within a company. So being a trusted advisor is really important. So that's the value of today's show. That is why we are spending so much time today covering it. All right, I'm going to get set up here. I just get to see one thing that I really hadn't seen before. Okay, cool. So I'm all ready for today's show, and I hope you are too. We are going to have a great time talking about what it means to be an executive advisor and how you can thrive in this role, whether you want it to be your full-time role or not. So number one, what is the skill that executive advisors or trusted advisors really have? First one, judgment-free, judgment-free. Now, as an advisor, a lot of times what my clients will say to me is, Kathleen, it's so nice that I can come to you and you aren't, you aren't passing a judgment on to me. Judgments can also be called biases. So when I'm having a conversation with someone, what I'm listening is for what they see and what is best for them. 
had this conversation with a client the other day. We'd had three previous sessions. So we're in two previous sessions. We're in our third session. We're having a conversation. And this, this client, she's talking all about where she is currently. But underneath her words, she's talking about her vision, what she really wants. She loves to facilitate. She, her current job is in sales, but she loves to facilitate. At her heart, that's what she's doing. And so my job, I hear this in a judgment-free zone, and I say, are you, are you open to feedback? She says, yes. I say, you talk a lot about your desire to facilitate, how much you love it and where your passion is. She says, well, yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate that. And she, I said, what if that was 100% of your job? And she paused for a second. Now, I don't care what her job looks like. It doesn't matter to me what she does every day. It's not going to affect my life. But what I heard was her passion and her excitement. And so from a totally judgment-free space, I get to call that forward. And so that's something that you can do too. So you get to set your own biases aside, your own judgment aside, and say, what I'm hearing is, and really call forward what you're hearing, because that is a gift to someone. And the more that you can do that, the more that people see themselves in your words. So I stopped giving opinions a lot, probably, I don't know, if I had three, four years ago. I rarely give an opinion. And if I do give an opinion, I say, are you open to my opinion? Now, I had somebody say to me the other day, Kathleen, now I hear what you've said to me, but I just want to make sure, is this something that you believe because you've seen the marketplace and you believe this is where I should go? So she was talking about pivoting in her business. Or is this something that you just hear me talking about? And I heard what she said. And I said, well, what I hear you saying is, number one, do I believe that this is the best choice for you? And number two, do I believe that you are suited for this? Well, both of those are judgment spaces. I said, I could give you opinions all day long about what I think or what I believe. But at the end of the day, it's not about what I think or what I believe. Now, if she wants to know, do I believe that these services are ripe in the marketplace? I mean, I can answer that. And before I answer that, let's first look at her evidence that she's collected on her own. In this case, this lady, she already had a deal. She already, of, of her total bookings that she wanted to create, she'd already created 8% of them. I mean, she was already on the way. She'd already proven. So it doesn't matter what I think, believe, or feel. It matters about what she's created and what she sees as possible because she sees the world totally different than me. We all have these filters or lenses that we look at the world through. My filter and lens, I look at it through an entrepreneurial lens. I look at it through the lens of a mom. I look at it through the lens of a daughter. I look at it through the lens of somebody that lives in the Midwest. I look at it through the lens of somebody that is a college educated. These are all things that make us who we are. So each makeup creates a new lens. I am a white female that lives in the Midwest that's had a lot of entrepreneurial background. So my lenses look a little different than somebody that lives in London who is Asian, who is... 50 years old, I'm 40. So you start to see these different patterns. So yes, I could give an opinion, but my opinion is based on my lenses and my set of experiences. But then if I share my opinion, that's all it is. So I gave up giving my opinion. 
except in very rare cases, because oftentimes it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant because my lens is different than somebody else's lens. So it's not about my opinion. It's about the opinion of the person that I'm supporting. So as a trusted advisor, hear this, your opinion is irrelevant. Now, people may value your opinion and they may want to hear your opinion, and that's great. So in that case, if they've asked it, if you want to share, if they have a lens and you're very clear about what lens your opinion is coming from, awesome, share it. I've chosen not to do that very often because I know that my lenses are so different that the opinion that I would give may not necessarily land or be relevant to someone else. For example, my risk tolerance is quite high. I have a much higher risk tolerance than the average person. So if somebody says, Kathleen, is this risky? And I were to say, well, no, my, according to my risk tolerance lens, it's not risky. But according to their risk tolerance lens, it might be. So I would be misleading somebody if I placed my judgment based on my lens that something's not risky. They hear it and they say, well, it's not risky because Kathleen said so, it must not be risky. But that doesn't mean that it's not risky. It means that according to my lens, it's not risky. And so just know that when you're talking about opinions, when you're giving an opinion, you're giving it through your lens, which is different than somebody else's. So if you want to be judgment-free, which is a characteristic of a trusted advisor, you get to look at opinions and you get to not give them or give them less frequently, or be really clear when you choose to give one, what lens you're using. So for me, I've chosen to really, I just barely give out opinions. Now, one of my mentors, and I, I'm going to say this on live radio, one of my mentors says, opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got them and they all stink. I mean, we're not going to pull that as a quote for the show. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that that opinions are worth what? I, I, I don't know. They're really... I appreciate somebody's opinion, but I get to hold it for what it is. I cannot make opinion gospel. When I do that, I set myself up to fail. So I get to understand that and know that especially in the, the role that we're playing as trusted advisors, again, whether that's how you receive your compensation or you're in a role at a company that you naturally are seen as a trusted advisor, or you want to be seen as a trusted advisor, know that your opinion, it's not gospel. Your opinion is not because you said it one way. It has to be that way. And so know that your opinion is only generated by the lens to which you see life. So again, I choose to give opinions very sparingly. It's your invitation to look at how many opinions you give off in a day. And if you truly come from a judgment-free zone, you won't give opinions because it's not about us. It's about them. It's about the person that's standing in front of you and it's about what they want. So in the case of the client that I was talking about, she's already proven that what she wants to create can be created. And so when she said, Kathleen, what do you believe? I said, well, it's not really important what I believe. If you want that, I'm happy to provide that, but it's not about that. It's about what you believe. And so let me ask you that. What do you believe? Do you believe that it's possible based on what you know? And she says, well, yes. Now, what's really happening underneath this, so this is some of that coaching. And as a trusted advisor, you don't even have to really coach. So I'm giving you some additional skills here. But when somebody's asking you for an opinion, they're asking for a gut check. 
They're saying, if I gather other people's opinions and I hear, are they different than mine? Then I might change my opinion. I might change my view. So now they're asking, they're, they're glorifying their view onto somebody else. But really, as a coach, so this is you know the step after <laughs> trust, trust advisor, and then you can coach as well. But that is saying, well, what is it that you believe? And you're getting somebody to stand into their power and express their opinion. That is something that a lot of us don't want to express our opinion, because if we express into the world what we believe and it's wrong, well, then we're failures. And we don't like to fail. So you can see it's much easier to place blame on somebody else because, well, that was their opinion and I followed it. See how that works? So as a trusted advisor, I don't give my opinion. I truly stand for the person that's in front of me. And so that's this first piece. Three ways to be seen as a trusted advisor. Number one, judgment-free. So it doesn't matter what you think, believe, or feel. It's about the person standing in front of you. You listen to what they're saying. You hear what they're saying. You ask questions and be curious from that space. So remember the tell me more questions? We've talked about that on the show. Tell me more about this. Use those questions. Tell me more. So you're getting them. You're evoking questions out of somebody. People feel seen and heard when they know that you hear them. And so the more that you can ask questions and you can say, what I heard you say is, and then you are saying the words that they said back to you. One of the other things that I find really helpful as a trusted advisor is when I hear somebody talk, I'll say, what I hear you saying is, now we're going to get deeper on that question here in a little bit, but what I hear you saying is, the reason that that's so powerful is you're repeating back to someone what you heard them say. So we all know we have these lenses. We talked about that, but I'm going to keep my lens free and I'm going to say, what I hear you saying is this. What I hear you saying is this. Now I got a great story about this. I'm going to share it real quick and then we're going to go on a break. So I'm talking to my husband the other day. We've been working on this languaging for the past three years. And I said, my experience of you is distracted. Well, what I saw happening was we would have these conversations about silly things. And I'm calling them silly things. Again, that's my lens. But I would say we're going to Kansas City here in a few weeks to go see this baseball game. My friend Jesse Cole, who was on the show oh, a couple months ago, he runs this team called the Savannah Bananas. They're doing their world tour. They're coming to Kansas City. Go to like seven, eight different cities and they, it's on their world tour. Very excited. They're all in the United States. Go listen to Jesse talk about what he's up to on the show. It's amazing. So we're going to see Jesse Cole and his team, the Savannah Bananas. And I told my husband, it's May 6th in Kansas City, May 6th, May 6th. And we had this conversation four times. Well, a work trip came up for him. He's going to Seattle. Guess what? Of course, you know, these days, May 4th through May 6th. And he says, oh, guess what? I'm going to be home by three o'clock on May 6th. I said, you're going to land at the airport at three o'clock on May 6th? And he says, yeah. I said, well, how is that going to work? Because we got to be in Kansas City. Can you just fly into Kansas City? And he goes, why are we going to Kansas City? <laughs> I looked at him. I said, the Savannah Bananas game. And he goes, oh, yeah. So I said, my experience of you is not present. And he goes, that's not true. I said, you, you can't rob me of my experience. That's my experience. So in that moment, what, what I wanted was for him to hear me. He may not agree with it, but what he did was pass a judgment on my experience. That's not true. So then I 
in a former life, I probably would have gotten mad about that. In this life, this moment, I laughed about it because we've studied emotional intelligence and I see what happened there. He passed the judgment on my experience. And so I laughed. I said, you can't tell me that my judgment's not true. That's my experience. Like, your judgment is your judgment. But my experience is that you just, that you weren't present, that we had four conversations and you didn't hear them. And he goes, but you didn't put it on my calendar. And I said, okay, great. Got it. But you're still passing judgments. And so in that moment, when somebody shares an experience with you, as a trusted advisor, we get to validate their experience, whether we agree with it or not. So in that case, if my husband had said, I hear you, your experience of me is not present. Okay, can we talk about that? So that is the difference between being in judgment and being a trusted advisor. So think about that. I want you to really think about how many times when somebody comes to you, are you the one passing the judgment saying, that's not true, or, or responding to where they're at versus hearing them and verifying that you're hearing what they're saying? Because in trusted advising, we're verifying that we're hearing what they're actually saying. This is not about how we want to respond. It's verifying that we hear what they say. So think about that. How often are you doing one of those? Which one? Which one do you do? All right, we're going to go on a quick break. When we get back, we've got so much more. You're listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership, here on Inspired Choices Network. Talk to you just after this break. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and today we've been talking all about the three ways to be seen as a trusted advisor. So we covered number one, judgment-free. Over the break, your homework was to think about which camp are you in? Are you in the one where you're saying, that's not true? Or are you in the one where you're saying, so when you think about when I gave my experience, you're not present, are you saying, that's not true? Or are you saying, oh my, I hear you, you're saying that I'm not present. Which style do you use? Because as a trusted advisor, you get to move to the second to say, okay, I hear you. What I hear you saying is you don't think I'm present. So moving into that second camp is the camp of, of the trusted advisor. So here's the second way to be seen as a trusted advisor. So you're in that judgment-free zone. Next up is that you listen deeply. Now we covered just the hair right before the break, but listening deeply 
is listening for what they're saying and listening for what they're not saying. When I was describing my client earlier that was talking all about her passion for training, I could hear that fire when she talked about the training. I could hear her passion around facilitating. But when she talked about her current environment, she didn't get lit up. She was a little more quiet about it, didn't get as descriptive. And so as a trusted advisor, I'm not judging what that means. I'm asking because she's not looking in front of a mirror when she's talking. I see that, but she doesn't always see it. So it's a blind spot for her. We did an entire episode on blind spots a few weeks ago. You can go look at that. But what I'm what I'm seeing is, is some trends about, wow, like this is where she's lit up, but this is not. And I get to call that forward because maybe she doesn't know that. And so as a trusted advisor, I see something because I've listened. Listening doesn't just happen with our ears. It happens with our eyes, happens with our other senses, our nose. So we can smell, we can hear, we can see. So we're listening with all of our senses. Now I bet listening with your taste, that could happen, especially with food. So you can listen with every one of your senses, touch. When you're really attuned to listening, you're gonna see things that the person doesn't always see. So for example, wow, did you, my experience, because we talked about languaging, we did a whole show on languaging. These are all built off of each other. So on communication, we're saying, my experience of you is lit up when you talk about this, the facilitation. When you talk about sales, your energy drops. Have you noticed that? So as a trusted advisor, I'm calling that forward. I'm not judging it. I'm not saying, wow, you must really hate sales because you don't talk about it at all. But you talk about this facilitation and you get all lit up. What's that about? That would be the judging piece. So you're listening deeply. Now, if you've ever been to a therapist's office, there are some really great therapists. I mean, not really great therapists, but there are also therapists that don't necessarily fall into the trusted advisor category. And I'll give you an example. When, uh, so I, I've been shared before and I wrote my book that my book's Joy and Uncertainty, A Guide to Creating a Meaningful Life, available on Amazon if you're interested. But I've talked in there about how my husband has depression and it, it's managed you know, most of the time, but there are pockets of time where it's not managed. And so as a as a couple, I get to support him in working through that because it, it affects all of us. It's something that we all get to figure out. And so there was a period of time, probably eight years ago, where that was one of our, our times where it wasn't managed as well. And I would say, Josh, can we go to therapy? Can we, can we do? He wasn't really interested in going on his own, but he would go together. And so we went to couples therapy. Now, at the time, I was embarrassed to say that I went to couples therapy. I was working at my advertising agency, and I just kind of sneak out. I went to lunch. If they didn't go to lunch, I went to the therapist's office, or it'd be like 10 o'clock in the morning, and I'd say, oh, I'm going to run to a meeting. I just wasn't clear about it, and it wasn't something that I was really proud of. At the time, it was some, I, I would say I hid it, but I, I didn't really overtly hide it. I just didn't talk about it very often, but if somebody had asked, I would have shared it, and so at the time, we were in this therapist's office, and I remember a specific moment where it felt like the world felt heavy. My life felt heavy. And the therapist looked at me, and she said, I just don't know how you do it. I said, do what? And she said, you're running business. You're volunteering all the time, because I was volunteering with the kids and this national board, and, and then we had three kids. And she said, your life is crazy. And 
I asked her some questions about that. My experience of her was saying that from a standpoint of you've created a lot of stuff around you, but the way that she said it, she was projecting what she believed a crazy, and, and by crazy meaning full, lots of stuff going on, lots of different components. Now here's a lady with one child, with a husband who does not travel, who has a very eight at the time, eight to five job, who couldn't imagine what it would be like to have three children, let alone running a business. So she was an employee of a business. And so just the idea of running a business was not something that she was interested in. And so she said, I don't know how you do it. Your life is crazy. So she projected her belief onto me. And I heard that. And again, at the time, this was eight years ago, I didn't have the tools that I have now. I thought, Wow, like she's saying my life is crazy. This is a therapist. My life must be crazy. Wow, it must there must be some problem here that I've I've created. And absolutely, I created my experience. I've created my family and I chose to run a business. Yes, I'm fully in responsibility for all of that. But when somebody says that to you that's in the position of a trusted advisor, it really gets you thinking. Maybe, maybe she's right. Maybe her judgment of me is accurate and I get to change something. What I know now to be true is that she projected her belief onto me. And then I took it. I took it like it was mine to have, but it was never mine. It was her belief and her projection that she put on me. Now, a friend went to a therapist the other day. She was working through a challenge with her work environment that she's got going on. The therapist says to her, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you stay at that place. And she comes, my friend, she calls me up and she says, you know what? I thought it was bad, but my therapist, she agreed. She said it was crazy. My therapist said that was a bad and toxic environment for me. She said that I should get, and they went on and on and on about this therapist. And so it didn't become, we weren't therapy. We weren't, we weren't truly being a trusted advisor in that case. It was just being a friend, like the gossip chain. But as a trusted advisor, you're interrupting the story. You're interrupting the projections. You're interrupting the judgment. And you're saying, no, it's not about what I hear or see. When somebody comes to you and their life is full and they've got a lot of stuff going on, the conversation from a trusted advisor perspective when you're listening deeply says, what I hear is that you've got a lot going on. What I hear is that this is something that most people in the world couldn't necessarily handle. How are you handling it? What I hear is that you are overwhelmed. Is that where you feel? What I hear, and so we're just asking all these questions. You're not saying, wow, you've got a crazy life. Wow, yeah, that's a toxic environment. We're saying, what I hear is this. What I know to be true is this. So we're not passing judgment. We're listening deeply. We're repeating back what we hear, what we heard them say. We are not interjecting our own beliefs or thought patterns onto that. So I again, I'm not... Therapists are, are wonderful. And many of them really, really have this trusted advisor roll down. But some of them don't, just like us as humans in the population. Some of us say we're trusted advisors. And yet when we actually look at these patterns, a trusted advisor is something that you earn because you're judgment-free, because you can listen deeply. So it's really important to practice. This is a muscle. And even as a trusted advisor, we fall, we find ourselves sometimes falling into that, oops, did I, I just pass the judgment? Okay, I get to shift forward. So in this case of this therapist, maybe that's what happened. Because it wasn't typically how she'd shown up. But in that moment, she let her guard down and in popped the bias.
in pop the projection. So as a trusted advisor, we get to watch that because that doesn't get to happen. The second that we do that, it changes. It changes in the other person's mind what our role is. Oh, they're no longer somebody that's judgment free. Now, here's another thing that I see. I hear people. Uh, <laughs> I've got one client. and He's got an employee and he was sharing with me an experience that he had with his employee. Now, I also know the employee. But at the end of the day, what he knows and what he gets to trust is that what I hear from him about this employee, it's truly just his lens. It does not have any bearing on the employee. And so that I get to treat the employee the same way I would did I, had I not known that information. And so you get to separate out that what someone shares with you and the information that they share with you, you are like this vessel, this clean vessel where it comes in and it goes out. It comes in and it goes out, but you don't hold it. So when somebody gives you content or material or information, it is truly from their lens and you are supporting them and seeing it and them going through. But you are a vessel, which means that you don't hold it and you don't apply that then and project it onto somebody else. So if somebody says, wow, I'm really having this challenge with this employee, this is how they're showing up for me. You can hear them, you can guide them. But when that person, the employee shows up in front of you, you don't want to take that. Ooh, guess what? I know what your boss told me about you and I know that you're not showing up this way. Because the boss has, the person that you talk to first has their own lens that they're looking through that situation. So we get to be neutral. We get to say that information was relevant for this person, but now let's look at the other person and let's be clear and judgment free. So there are no camps. Like you've heard, well, you're in my camp or you're in their camp or you're on their side and you're on this side. There are, as trusted advisor, there are no sides. You are not for one side winning over the other. You are for creating a scenario where both people get to win. So a lot of times you'll see mediators. Mediators are wonderful, trusted advisors because the role of a mediator means I do not get involved emotionally. So they're, they're employing a lot of these. They're, they're using a judgment-free zone. They are deeply listening. That is the role of a mediator. And so that's what you can emulate those skills into what you're up to. The, the last piece on listening deeply, when you're listening deeply, we've all heard these people, they're like the church ladies, okay? It's church ladies. So if you're talking, these are the ladies and they're sitting there, maybe hand under their, their chin. And every time you say something, they're like, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they don't actually ever open their lips. It's just like, mm, you hear those words, but you're not really saying anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that they give empathy through their, their voice pitches. Mm-hmm, oh, yeah. Mm, oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. their fingers sometimes are waving. So we call them church ladies, but you know who those those people are that give you feedback based on how their words are. And you, you sometimes you'll hear when they're shocked, they kind of pull their body back like, <gasps> uh-uh. You know, so you can tell their emotions. Well, what they're doing is judging your words. So based on what you're saying, they're interjecting judgment in there. So if you want to be the trusted advisor, you get to get rid of some of those, those unintended. Mm, mm-hmm, mm. And as a society, we've been taught that, well, that's just verification that we're listening, especially on a cell phone conversation. If it's like a 30 minute conversation and somebody's been talking for a while, you ever been that person where you're talking and then you think, is that person still there? They haven't said anything for a while. Even though I mean, you've been the one talking for the last 10 minutes, they didn't have a chance to talk. So sometimes as the person listening will interject these, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so they know we're there. But really 
that is actually interrupting and providing feedback into the situation. So as a trusted advisor, it's our job to not have those facial reactions or those hmm, hum, those, those, as I refer to it, the, the church lady sounds, it could be church man sounds, it could be church person sounds, <laughs> but you get the idea of these non, I'll call them nonverbal because there is some kind of sound to them, they are verbal, but that nonverbal piece, that is what we get to eliminate so that we can listen clearly. And we aren't, the, the person as a trusted advisor, we're not judging their words. So listen deeply. So judgment-free, listen deeply. These so far are two ways to be seen as a trusted advisor. We'll get into the third here in just a second. But first, we're going to go on a quick break. You're listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. We'll be back here in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reason Show. Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. We've been talking all about the three ways to be seen as a trusted advisor. Judgment-free is the first, and listening deeply is the second. The third way is authenticity. Now, authenticity is, one, knowing yourself, but two, the second part of that is really staying in your lane. Now, as a trusted advisor, really uh, challenges are challenges. So whether you're having a challenge at work, at home, with your kids, uh, with a friend, at the core, they're the same. Yes. And we get to be clear about where our strengths are in supporting humans. So for me, yes, I'm a mom. And so, yes, I could support from a raising children perspective, but I'm still learning as well. I am a parent of a 9, 11, and a 13-year-old boy. If somebody comes to me and is really, really having a challenge with their 16-year-old girl, I, I'm happy to listen, but I don't have any, don't have any support or background or credibility in that area. So as much as I can listen and I can guide through questioning, I don't have the set of questions that are going to build upon each other to provide guidance to that person, to that, that parent that's struggling with their 16-year-old daughter. I could ask questions based on my experience as a parent. But what I can't do is lend in that credibility of that area. And so when you're authentic, you're knowing who you are, you're sharing your story. So I share a lot about my background and my story. And to, to give you an example, I, I haven't shared it recently, so I'll give you the high level. So at my background, I am an entrepreneur by trade. So when I went to school, you know, just a few years ago, 
It's a joke. It was a while ago. I got a double major in advertising and accounting. And when I got out of school, I thought, well, I'm going to, I really want to run a business. So I'm going to go into accounting and get my CPA license and I'll understand how businesses work. So I got an offer at a big four accounting firm, KPMG, and right out of school, I went and worked there. So I'm 22 walking into CFO's offices and they're saying, hey, this is how our companies run. It was such a great way to learn the basics of business. So I did that for a few years and then I thought, all right, what kind of business do I want to run? Well, I had this background in advertising and the actual methodology of running an advertising agency is pretty simple. I thought, well, I'll go work for an agency for a few years and get the hang of it. And I did that. When I was 26, I was six months pregnant with my first child. And I said, now's the time to start a business. So I did. Started my agency and I grew it. I had two more kids and here I am at about seven years in and I decided, well, I, this business has been great, but let's let's get some more. My husband had told me, well, we should start a gym. And I actually laughed at him. No way. We're not running a gym. Well, a few months later, this opportunity came up. We buy three gyms and two martial arts studios. The gyms were franchised. The martial arts were independently owned. So I got into franchising businesses. My husband is working full-time in his gig. I am running my marketing firm. We've got three kids, one of which, our youngest, he was very sick his first year of life. So navigating, I mean, I was taking him to five to seven doctor's appointments a week. It was crazy. While I was serving on national boards. So when that therapist was saying your life is full, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, there was nothing wrong with that statement. I think anybody that looked at it would say that. It was just time and place. So anyway, we decide we have these three gyms, two martial arts studios, a year into running all of that, my husband says, you know what? I'm going to leave my, my job with the nice paycheck. He, he was jet setting around the world. He'd had his corporate flights that he would hop on even fly commercial. It was a pretty sweet job. So he leaves that job to run these small businesses. It was a totally different experience. I mean, he wasn't home. The, our, our kids were in Taekwondo, but he would always be at another location than where our kids needed to be. So I'm hurrying home from work to get our kids to another place that he's not at. He's at a gym somewhere else working 13, 14, 15 hour days. I mean, it was crazy crazy. What I didn't predict is he went from his high salary to no salary for many years. And so these things come up and you think, well, I didn't plan for that. Wow. Okay. So, so we go through all of these experiences. Then at 10 years into running my advertising agency, and we run these businesses now for three years, these gyms and martial arts studios, a lot of the clients that were coming to me were coming for more basic business conversations, not just marketing. And I realized that I got to serve in a different way. So I sold my advertising agency and I pulled back from some of the work that I was supporting from a strategy perspective with the gyms. And I delve into leadership development, emotional intelligence, and understanding how those impacted business growth. And I turned my focus into being an advisor. So all this wealth of knowledge that I had gained over these years in all these different areas, I was now giving from an advisor perspective. So now I'm well-suited to support executives that are growing or, or small business owners in, in the service-based industry in particular, who are growing in a disruption area, who are really dealing with the complexities of business, because I've got so much knowledge in that background, in that area. So when I'm authentic to myself and I understand and I share my story, then other people can see themselves in that story. It's why I host this radio show. It's why I wrote the book that I did. Joy and Uncertainty, A Guide to Create a Meaningful Life. If you want to know, when I say my husband had depression, when I say that my youngest son was sick, when I say that my husband's nearly died twice, it's all in the book. So that's a way where I pour out my authenticity and say, this is who I am. 
because I know that when I'm that way, I'll attract people that are interested in some of those facets. Maybe they're going through some health crisis with their family or themselves, and they're attempting to juggle all these other things. And they're saying, I just don't know how to move through this. It's absolutely impacting me and how I lead my employees at work. Maybe they're saying, wow, I have thought about uh, really growing in this area, but I don't know, how would you handle this? Again, my job is not to tell them how I would handle this. It's to ask them the questions to get them to see if it's anything that they want to handle. So because I've been through these experiences, I can lend my credibility and I understand the questions to ask to support someone. So really understanding who you are authentically and what your gifts are really supports other people in being aligned with that. So I would probably not go to an advisor who had never run a business and who didn't have kids because their life experience is significantly different than mine. That's not that they couldn't be immensely valuable to me. It's that the questions and their background, their lenses that we talked about earlier are so different from mine that the questions that they would ask me may not be relevant to my experience and where I'm headed. Do you hear that? Being authentic and being in your lane is really important. And so you get to, as, as a trusted advisor, you get to be clear and share with the world what your lane is, where you've been, what your credibility is, what your background is. Because once people understand that, once they know that, they can connect with you on multiple different levels. Now, the, the person that we were just describing with no kids and never run a business, you know what? That's probably perfect for a lot of people. They may not want the advisor that has done multiple businesses and been the employer and has three kids and has been through all these different medical crises. They may not want that person because the lenses that that person is going to look through are very different. They may be looking for the one that is childless, that sees life in, from that perspective. Because I'll tell you what, I cannot tell you what it's like to wake up on a Saturday morning and not have my kids say, hey, what are we gonna do today? Or we've got 15 different things, come on, let's go. Now, sure, my parents have spent the night at grandparents or friends and, and so Saturday morning comes and my house is quiet, but that rarely happens. And so the lens that I look through is that on Saturday mornings, it's soccer games and it's, it's football games and it is grocery store and it's laundry and it's catch up with the house. That's my lens. I can imagine what it would be like on a Saturday morning to wake up and say, well, what would I like to do today and not have the constraints of other schedules to manage, but I don't know what that's like because that's not my background. And so when you're authentic to the lane that you play in really well, then other people can be attracted to that. But as a trusted advisor, when you play too wide and you're supporting people really outside of your scope, it just doesn't work. Just like what I told you earlier when that therapist, when I was sharing with you when my husband and I were in marriage counseling, and she said, you know, I just don't really understand you. Of course she doesn't understand. Like, of course she doesn't. It doesn't mean she can't support from a marriage perspective. It doesn't mean she can't be an advocate for us. It doesn't mean she can't be a trusted advisor. It just means that she may not be the trusted advisor for me. So when you look at how you get to serve people, it's really important to understand authentically, where's the really the great people that you serve? This is no different than in marketing, we call it marketing personas. So know your target audience. 
you to apply that same principle here in saying, as an advisor, here are the kinds of challenges I really serve well. Think about lawyers. I think lawyers do this really well, where they say, here are the types of cases that I try or the types of work that I do. Now, if you want to go to trial, you want a great litigator. But if you've got some, uh, you want a will written, you don't hire a litigator to write your will. I mean, that wouldn't make sense. The litigator is really, really great at going to trial and winning cases. But the person that's going to write your will has a totally different skill set. So you don't want to bring the litigator into your will conversation. So, so see that of that doesn't mean that the person that writes the will, the lawyer that does that is any less qualified or educated. It just means that they have their specialty. Think about it from a healthcare perspective. I certainly do not want a cardiologist reviewing a scan of my brain. Now, I'd like a neurologist to look at my brain, but if I've got an issue with my heart, don't call the neurologist in. So hear that difference? That's the same thing in, in, as a trusted advisor is that we get to understand our space because the lenses that we view life and work through are very different based on our background and our experiences. And we want to call forward the people that are aligned with that. Now, sometimes I will tell you, I will go to somebody as a trusted advisor that is different than I would ever expect just because I want to hear the questions that they would ask. I'm reading this book called Range. How Generalists Triumph in a Specialized World. I've carried it around with me. I'm halfway, I'm over halfway through it, but it's a great book by David Epstein. And in this book, it talks about the value of getting information from something totally separate from where you're at. There are people on my social media feed that I keep in there because they think very differently than me. They also trigger the crap out of me. I don't like what they say, but it reminds me that there are people that think totally different than me. And I get to look at why it would be different. Okay, so, so it's really important to also have that. But when we're talking about being a trusted advisor, know authentically who you are and what your lane is, because that's how you attract the people to you. So in, in, your, in your workplace, you may, have, you may have seven or eight people that are playing as trusted advisors, and different employees will go to different advisors based on the challenge that they have set forth in front of them. And that's a perfect scenario. We're going to go on a quick break. When we get back, we will wrap all of this up. You're listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Talk to you in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. This entire show, we've been talking about being a trusted advisor and the three ways to be seen as a trusted advisor. Again, some of us may choose to be compensated as a trusted advisor, and some of us may be that as a role that we have within a company. And that is just fine either way. But the role of being a trusted advisor, first is that we are judgment-free. So we cannot project our judgments or our bias onto somebody else. As an executive or a trusted advisor, we are the person that people come to because we don't judge. We hear what they're saying, 
We listen deeply. That's number two. We listen deeply. And then we repeat back to them what I hear you saying is. We're curious and ask questions, but we are not coming from judgment. When we listen deeply, we hear things that aren't always upfront for the person. We see blind spots. We see patterns. And our job as a trusted advisor is to call those forward because what we see may not be as obvious to the person. It may not be obvious at all. So our value in seeing, hearing, feeling, touching, whatever that is that we're using from our senses, remember, listening doesn't always come from our ears. We can use all of our senses to listen. And so when we do that, when we understand that really how we listen and how we how we repeat and be curious back what we're hearing back to this person in front of us, that is valuable to them. And then number three, being authentic, knowing what we stand for and the lane that we can play in. Because when we do that, we'll attract the people that appreciate the lenses that we see through. But don't forget, it's important to see other people's lenses, the people that are different than us. But when you're clear about, hey, these are really the challenges that I can solve, that I can support, then you can attract the people that can really relate to that and that can can use your support. So it's all very important. Now, next week, next week, we have a really fun show that's lighting a fire in your team. So how do we light that fire? How do we get our team excited even when they they aren't necessarily as pumped as usual? I saw this statistic the other day from uh, my, I'm in a part of the National Speakers Association and this this survey was put out there and it said, this is this employer to to their lots of employees. They said, what would it take for us to keep you? So just this general question. And the overwhelming response was, get rid of Zoom meetings. Just stop them. (laughs) There is this Zoom overload that has happened over these last few years. And so now we're course correcting to no, totally, we have incredible Zoom usage. And now I want any Zoom usage. You could replace the word Zoom with go to meeting or any other WebEx or any type of virtual interaction. And people generally are just a little inundated with it right now. And so they want to go the other way. I also saw this survey the other day that says that that 67% of executives want the team to be back in the office. But when you actually talked with the employees, 25% said they want to be back in the office. Now, it doesn't matter what those statistics are for your company. The point is there's a disconnect there about what executives want and what employees want. What I saw in the comments about this, these surveys, because this was one that was released out into the world, and so there's lots of feedback on it. The comments on it was, wow, there's this huge disconnect about what executives want versus what employees want. And perhaps, but if you listen to the questions, if you really listen to it, it says how many executives want to be back in the office, how many employees want to be in the office. The survey wasn't phrased as how many executives want employees to be back in the office. Wasn't that way, that wasn't it. It says how many executives want to be in the office, how many employees want to be in the office. If they'd run the survey and said how many executives want employees to be in the office and how many employees want to be in the office, and there was a disconnect there, then we can say, wow, look at what the executives want versus what the employees want as far as what the executives are projecting onto the health of the employees, the status of the employees, the physical place that they're working. But that wasn't the survey at all. But a lot of the feedback was listened through a judgment zone. And it was automatically this like ax going after these executives. They don't get it. But the reality is that's not what it was about. Remember we just talked about listen deeply, repeat back, 
judgment free. When we do that, we see things that not everybody sees. What we see was that that in that first question, the executive wasn't saying, I want my employees to look this way. It was saying, I want to be back in the office. Who cares where they sit? Who cares if they want to be in the office? It doesn't matter. But the question is, what we're really looking at is that we've got a lot of this disconnect that's come up. We've got a lot of this discontentment that's come up. And so a question that's on a lot of executives' minds is, how do I light a fire in my team? I don't really care where they sit. I just want them to be excited. I just want them to want to be here. What do I do to get a, to get that? Stop Zoom means maybe that's it. Bring them all back in. I don't know. Maybe that's it. So that's the things we're going to talk about. How do we really light a fire in our team? Is it things? The kombucha machine doesn't matter. We got all kinds of questions and thoughts on that. We'll talk about that next week. But what I want to remind you is that today, if you want to be seen as a trusted advisor, it's really about not projecting your beliefs onto somebody else. It's about holding that judgment-free zone. It's about knowing how to listen deeply and ask the questions, repeat back what somebody else is saying to you, but not from your lens, from their viewpoint, from their words. Because when we feel heard, when we feel like somebody gets us, then we're connected. And lastly, know, know deeply your authenticity, who you are and who you can serve. Share your story with the world. You don't have to have a radio show or podcast or a TV show like me. You don't have to write a book, but you can share bits about your story. You can share bits about your past. You can build your credibility in that way, which means that people can get to know you and know that, okay, this would be the best advisor for me. This would be somebody that could serve me because they're walking a path that I've walked, I want to walk or whatever that is. The more that you share about yourself, especially the dirty laundry parts, especially the ooey gooey. I'm not relating that to your laundry. Here, those are separate things. But the the crux of this is the more that you share of yourself, the more people can connect with you. So being authentic is really important and knowing what your lane is of how you can serve. So being a trusted advisor, it's the best place to be. I invite you into that stage if you're not already playing there. If you have any questions about this, my email is Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. Please reach out. Ask me any questions that you have. Let me know your thoughts on today's show. Let me know what other topics you want to hear. I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening today. I'll see you next Monday. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.